0: Hello and welcome to the Parabola podcast. I'm story editor Betsy Cornwell. This month we're looking at the current issue of Parabola Wellness from Spring 2021. And I'll begin with the focus from editor Tracy Cochran. Are you sick? Jai asked. When I couldn't articulate a response, Jai said to tap with the phone once if I was okay, twice if I needed help. I kept tapping. I was having a stroke. The journey back from that devastating event, recounted in this spring 2021 issue of Parabola by the late spiritual teacher Ram Dass, reveals that wellness does not exclude suffering. Within these pages, filmmaker Alejandro Jodorowsky imagines rituals of healing for a community traumatized by political violence. Yet what becomes clear is that becoming really and truly well is always personal, always demanding a deep encounter. My way may not be your way, writes Parabola Consulting Editor Patti DeLosa. My dream is certainly not your dream. Many of those different ways, those different dreams, that spur us on to find new depths, are explored in this issue. The roads we take may lead from pain or wonder. In these pages you will read of the breakthroughs that came in the midst of physical pain and respiratory illness and plague, and also of shamanic transformations and great spiritual quests. Michael Scott Alexander describes great Islamic scholar Abu Hamid al-Ghazali's road to a Sufi teacher in old Damascus. Ultimately, all roads lead to being. No matter our causes and conditions, wellness begins as we realize that we are more than we think we are, more than our stories about ourselves. When we are asleep to being, our attention becomes entranced by mind. The vast array of ideas, images, beliefs, habits and judgments we have been conditioned to identify as self, writes the contemporary spiritual teacher Adyashanti. However, these are not self. They are conditioned psychological processes masquerading as who you are. May this issue set you on the road to wellness. We'll turn now to a piece that I wrote for this issue, Healing Water Goddesses. Water is crucial to all life on Earth, and from the earliest records of human history, we have venerated its healing and regenerative powers. It is no surprise that many healing water deities are goddesses. The life-giving, wellness-nurturing properties of water are often associated with the feminine, and one can easily draw both biological and poetic parallels between the waters of the womb and of the world. Cultures all over the world tell stories of water goddesses who provide blessings of wellness to their supplicants. In Ireland, it's hard to walk for an hour without encountering a holy well devoted to St. Brigid, one of the country's patron saints. But in earlier times, those wells were devoted to a Celtic goddess also named Brigid, sometimes spelled Breedge, B-R-I-D-E, or Breedge, B-R-I-D. All three spellings are predecessors of the name Brigid. In both her Celtic and Christian incarnations, Brigid presides over thresholds, including the threshold moments of birth and death, healing, fertility, and motherhood. Brigid's feast day is February 1st in bulk on the Celtic calendar, the midpoint between winter and spring and the time when pregnant sheep and cattle come into their milk. One of St. Brigid's most famous miracles was her ability to turn bath water into beer. A valuable gift, indeed, in times when fermented beverages were often far safer to drink than contaminated water. There are tales of her performing this miracle at least twice at leper colonies, where she did the healing work that brought her sainthood. To this day, supplicants bring candles and coins to Bridget's Wells, especially the most famous sites in Kildare and Clare, to ask for healing and protection for themselves and their children. It is still said that reciting the genealogy of St. Brigid daily will keep the speaker from harm. And if you leave a piece of clothing hanging outside overnight on Imbolc Eve, wearing it will keep you well and ward off sickness for the coming year. Before converting Armenia to Christianity in AD 301, the nation's king, Tyridates the Great, was devoted to the Great Lady Anahit, the benefactress of the whole human race, mother of all knowledge. Anahit is the Armenian goddess of fertility, healing, wisdom, and water. She parallels the Indo-Iranian cosmological figure Anahita, known as the divinity of the waters, who similarly represented healing and fertility. Scholars often trace both figures back to the Mesopotamian Ishtar. Anahit is both a goddess of water and a human representation of a life-giving river, She is a great spring that pours water from heavenly sources down onto the earth, quenching dry air and providing sustenance and plenty to all countries. And she is called the life increasing, herd increasing, fold increasing. Jengu are mermaid-like spirits associated with the Sawa people of Cameroon. They are said to reside in both fresh and salt water and are often described as having beautiful gap teeth and long hair. Jengu bring good fortune to their followers, especially fishermen, and they also act as healers and as intermediaries between the human and spirit worlds, occupying a liminal interworld space that echoes the shoreline between water and land, as well as their half-fish, half-human forms. A Jengu cult is still active among the Duala people, and the Jengu offer four major blessings to their followers crayfish an end to the rainy season victory in races and protection from disease initiation into the jengu cult is part of a girl's coming of age into womanhood among the bakweri people of mount cameroon and many jengu rituals revolve around a secret society however anyone may make sacrifices or gifts to the jengu before travelling especially by water as a request for safety and wellness on their journey Anuket's name means the Embracer, and she is the ancient Egyptian goddess of the southern portions of the Nile, whose two branches represented her outflung arms offering fertility and prosperity to the people who dwelled on the river banks. She offered her worshippers protection in childbirth and in the hunt, and was often depicted in the form of a gazelle. The annual festival of Anuket was held when the Nile began to flood and her titles were directly associated with the blessings that came with that yearly inundation Nourisher of the Fields, Giver of Life, and She Who Shoots Forth The darker aspect of the Nile's flooding is acknowledged in another of her names She Who Strangles In earlier depictions Anuket is a maiden goddess but in the time of the New Kingdom she is depicted suckling the Pharaoh and later on she became a goddess of lust the fluidity of Anuket's role in the pantheon, her mutability between maiden, mother, and lover, echoes the liminal space between human and spirit worlds occupied by the Jengu, Eredvisura Sura Anahita's place as a watery bridge from heaven to earth, and Brigid's power over thresholds. There are innumerable healing goddesses associated with individual springs and wells all over the world, from the Hamarawan Lady in Barangan in the Philippines, to Coventina in Caraberg in Northern Britain, to the sanctuary of Our Lady of Lords, France. Water has been crucial to human wellness from the beginning of time, always both life-giving and potentially deadly. The wellness and blessings these goddesses offer are as fluid and shifting, perhaps as contradictory as water itself. turn now to some practical advice and exercises on cultivating wellness. This is Awakened Awareness by Adya Shanti. Awakened Awareness practices focus on disidentifying with the conceptual mind, specifically the false self or ego that we imagine ourselves to be. To call the ego a false self is not to disparage it or even judge it. It is to name it as what it is, a psychological process with which we have become overly accustomed to identifying. The false self has no enduring quality. It is neither thing, noun, nor person. It is a process that we mistake for who we are. I often call this false self, the thought created self or the psychological self. The false self grows and thrives in unconscious being. When we are asleep to being, our attention becomes entranced by mind, the vast array of ideas, images, beliefs, habits, opinions, and judgments that we've been conditioned to identify as self. However, these are not self. They are conditioned psychological processes masquerading as who you are. Remember you existed long before you had any thoughts and ideas to identify with. You did not suddenly pop into existence when you acquired an ego. At best, the ego is a functional tool to help you navigate through the world for a while. And at worst, it is a nightmare appearing to be all too real. Either way, the ego becomes a false self the moment we take it to be who and what we are. The great news is that we can quite literally wake up from the illusion of the false self and reclaim our essential identity. We begin by acknowledging the always and already present presence of awareness. This is the awareness that is cognizant of reading these words and wondering what they mean. That awareness, as ordinary and common as it may seem, is the doorway to awakening to your true nature of being. It is the very awareness that is so easy to dismiss because it is always present and more essentially you than you could ever conceive or imagine. Take one simple inward step away from your thoughts and recognize what you are prior to the whole array of mental activity and self image making. It's as easy as an exhale, as simple as a willingness to be amazed by your intangible presence. Awakening to this aspect of being happens when awareness spontaneously disidentifies from the content within awareness and becomes conscious of itself as your self nature. In other words, awareness is not something that you do. It is that which you essentially are. You can experience this for yourself if you begin by recognizing that everything you think and imagine you are is essentially mental content appearing to and within the intangible field of awareness. The content within awareness, including all the ideas, judgments and images that make up the false self comes and goes. Although much of this content persistently reoccurs, none of it is enduring and none of it is who you are. The point is not to believe this, but to experience it as a living reality and the inherent freedom of the aware aspect of your essential being. Let's put this into practice. Begin by resting in whatever experience you are having right now. Don't try to change or figure out why you are having the experience you are having. Leave both your current experience as well as all your thoughts about it alone. Relax into awareness with the same feeling through which you relax your body into bed at night. Notice your thoughts as simply thoughts, your feelings as feelings, the sounds you hear as sounds, and the sights you see if your eyes are open as sights. Relax your awareness from focusing on the content of experience and ease into the open and silent space of awareness itself. Let's call this the conscious context. Notice that awareness is witnessing your thoughts and feelings and sights and sounds. Don't try to understand awareness. Notice that your perceptions and experiences are already being witnessed by awareness, not by your idea of being someone who possesses awareness or who is trying to be the witness, but by awareness itself. You don't need to try to be aware, because awareness is already and always present as the conscious context within which all experience happens. Notice that awareness is not something you can see, touch or taste. Awareness sees but cannot be seen. Awareness hears but cannot be heard. Awareness observes all the mind's thoughts and images but is not a thought or image. Notice that all your thoughts, ideas, judgments, and images about yourself are arising within and being witnessed by the conscious context called awareness. This practice helps us to realize that there is something, awareness, that is more fundamental about who and what you are than all your ideas about yourself. Your thoughts about yourself, experiences and perceptions continually arise and change, come and go, but awareness remains. Don't try to grasp or understand awareness. Notice that it is fundamental to you. Awareness is the conscious context within which the content of experience arises, changes and passes away. You can never see awareness, but you are always looking from and as awareness. The key to awakening as the formless being of awareness is to let go of grasping at it with your mind and relax into the simple, quiet, and open, intuitive sense of awareness itself. Our time for this month's podcast has come to an end, but you can find this and more wonderful content in our current issue of Parabola, Wellness, by subscribing to it or ordering the issue individually via our online store at parabola.org. I hope you'll also join us on our vibrant social media communities on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I'm Betsy Cornwell, and this has been the Parabola Podcast. Thank you for listening.